Like Retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is the saddest episode of the show ever. (laughs) Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, After that finger point of doom of a round, we have Nate with six points and Shawnee and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um, I took away the pressure, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the very first One Fall Show of 2021. My name is Chuck Bean. I'm your host. Happy to uh, be back for some wrestling shenanigans for a show that is one part talk show about the news of the week and then one part game show. I am joined uh, going around the room here by the person who makes it happen as far as the questions are concerned and is our uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, in. She, she's a huge fan and I know is super excited for Wrestle Kingdom this week. Talking about Miss Erica Benes. Happy New Year, Erica. Happy New Year, darling. Uh, it's just it's good to be back with you guys. I know we kind of took some time off for the holidays and it's just, just nice to get back into the swing of things. Nice to talk to people. Uh, haven't really done much of that. So it's just, right. that's pretty damn sweet. And uh, looking forward to talking some wrestling with y'all. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get into our panelists, our three panelists who will be answering the questions. Starting off with somebody who I know celebrated the holidays, one half of the Sunshine Buddies, Mr. Justin Valentine. Happy New Year. I'm excited for this. <laughs> All right, Justin. Uh, the other half of the Sunshine Buddies who's joining us uh, via the internet, as we, this is how we do the show, is Mr. Shawnee Constant, the $20 man. Yes, I'm no longer the $17 man. I am the $20 man now. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to the game. Looking forward to the year with the One Fall Show. And of course, rounding out our uh, panelists is the uh, multi time champion of the One Fall Show, our resident heel. A guy that we all know and love, Mr. Nate Bender. That's right, Mr. Nate Bender, in honor of Mr. Brody Lee. Love it. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, we, of course, took last week off because of the holidays, but also because we found out um, during the weekend, uh, actually on Saturday, about Brody Lee. And I know uh, most of the show, if not all of the show, was was really broken up about it. We will discuss Mr. Brody Lee amongst other things that's going on in wrestling as we enter our game show, which, uh, let me remind you guys, is a three-round game. Each round has three questions, questions worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. And then a final round where we get to determine who is the One Fall Show champion for the week. Uh, Nate, we'll start with you. And in honor of Mr. Brody Lee, let's hit the Wednesday Night Wars right off the top. How's that? Yes, let's. I think that's a capital idea. Okay, so uh, this past Wednesday night, AEW Dynamite was uh, in a tribute to Brody Lee. Brody Lee Jr. was a big part of the episode and uh, paid tribute to his late father under a number he was assigned as the Dark Order. What is Brody Lee Jr.'s number in the Dark Order? That would be negative one. Yes, he is. Uh, he is negative one. Tough show to get to. Let's go around the room and talk about it. And not, you know, in any way because it was bad. It was a fantastic show. But personally, I can't remember a uh, a tribute show on this magnitude since Eddie Guerrero. What did you guys think of the AEW Dynamite this week? 
That's exactly what I thought was that they were sending him off in a very similar way to the, the way that Eddie got a send off. That's very rare that someone in the wrestling business is that universally loved by their peers. Um, and you saw that like you, you saw that in absolutely everyone that uh, performed on dynamite last week there. I mean, there were specific moments that, that absolutely gutted me. One of them was so subtle. Uh, it was Eddie Kingston's small promo that he cut before the yes. match. Yep. And, and like that, that wince that he had, I felt that like, I felt, I, I felt all of that. It was great. Uh, it, it was, it was, uh, a, a phenomenal tribute to, uh, someone who, you know, is, uh, by all accounts, uh, an, an absolute mega father and, um, you know, just a, an absolute, uh, joy to work with on, on, on all fronts. And, I can't think of a tribute that was was done better. It's right up there with with Eddie Guerrero and well deserved too. Yeah, they hit a home run with this. Like you said, it was the first since Eddie Guerrero, and it was deserved just like Eddie Guerrero's was. Uh, and I mean, you saw little tributes here and there and mentions throughout all the companies, throughout uh, TV and WWE, um, yeah. and so on and so forth. All deserved, but AEW absolutely nailed it. Shout out to Tony Khan. The the way he put these matches together, the meaning behind them, the superstars coming out. You had uh, Archer coming out in his Luke Harper gear. Um, my favorite moment, personally, and this is actually a moment that was a little hated on, but I love it, is his moment with MJF, Brody Lee Jr.'s moment with MJF. Um, and MJF, totally put him right into the storyline for a night. That is a little kid's dream to be on sure. national TV. He got to smack him over the head with the kendo stick. And then MJF, cause he's always in heel form went on Twitter and tweeted out, fuck that kid. And a lot of people gave him hate for that, but that is MJF helping that kid live his dream because not only was his dad a wrestler, but his Brody Lee Jr. was a huge wrestling fan. And he just lived every wrestling fan, a kid dream because of MJF. That was huge for me. I loved it. Right out of the gate, it was an absolutely beautiful procession. I mean, Colt Cabana as sort of the lead into the thing, to see the emotion on his face and to see the performance he put on throughout the entire thing. You could tell everyone was working on a transcendental level. They were working for Brody, and we had the crowds. You could hear them much better than we had all year, and it was a beautiful thing. And uh, I just I absolutely loved it. And bless Colt Cabana for really – uh, connecting me to the experience early and and leading us into what was the most beautiful wrestling show I've ever seen. I wasn't watching when Eddie Guerrero was performing or when his tribute show took place. So this for me was a first. And I really thought that the energy of Winter is Coming was something that uh, was going to be really hard to top going forward. And yet here we were. I mean, the emotion was just incredible. Not only the sorrow, but the triumph and the inspiration going into 2021. That's what I keep trying to hold on to is, is be inspired by uh, a, a man who touched so many people in a positive way. That's, that's amazing. What an incredible testimony. One of the things that I've seen that hasn't, that kind of hasn't sit right with me 
has been, you know, the people who have been complaining about WWE's response to it and WWE's tributes to uh, Brody Lee. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this a lot because it did it did feel like, oh, you just put a slide up at the beginning. But at the same time, the promotion that he was working for when he passed was AEW. It falls to the responsibility falls to AEW to put on a tribute for him. It sure. would have been massively out of place and awkward to also have the WWE do like a 10 bell salute or, you know, to, to, to do anything more than they did. And, you know, you got to hand it to them. This is a, a mega corporation that allowed their performers to go out on national TV and it's Monday and you know what that means and wear armbands and show their personal tributes to Brody. They didn't they didn't seek to try to curb any of that. And I think that that that's the way that it should have been. AEW had the opportunity, the responsibility, and they nailed it to to pay tribute to him. And I think WWE did the right thing also by doing their own small tributes to them and not trying to do something more grandiose. I was going to bring this up earlier uh, or later, I should say. I thought of this earlier this week because uh, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers, he started this on Twitter um, talking about how WWE didn't do it. Two things. Number one, to me, it, it was WWE not only continuing what they normally do. If someone passes away who isn't currently working for them and is with someone else, and also Luke Harper, the character wasn't like he was in the Wyatt family. He was a supporting cast. He wasn't a main part of the show on TV, but they allowed AEW to take over the tribute and get the spotlight for that while also doing it while recognizing it. They didn't ignore it. By yeah. any sense. Right. And secondly, what, what bothered me about, uh, I'm going to call him Kurt Hawkins doing this on Twitter, is you're using a tragic death like Brody Lee to take a shot at WWE. Stop. Sure. That's not what it's about. Yeah. I, it, it, like, like I said, it's not like WWE ignored the fact that he passed. It's not like they didn't allow the wrestlers to do anything. Sure, they didn't have a tribute show or the bell or anything like that. But you are. that's not what this is about at all so stop that bothered me so bad when i saw kurt hawkins tweet that out i think that was something uh there there were many times during the AEW dynamite where my, in my head my wrestling fandom says well what are they going to do with the dark order now are they going to appoint a new leader are they going to do think something like that and i definitely had to stop and like you're saying justin think that's not what this is about that's not what tonight is about there will be time in the future to worry about wrestling storylines tonight is about honoring the the memory of somebody who as we were saying was apparently universally loved backstage and that's really touching to hear about all right guys well let's uh let's move forward with some of the other stuff that happened this week as far as professional wrestling but let's keep talking about uh, AEW for our second question um also talking about AEW Dynamite Nate which two wrestlers wore gear in tribute to Mr. Brody Lee during Dynamite this week? Uh, that would be John Silver and Lance Archer. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, fantastic to see Lance Archer wearing the uh, the Luke Harper uh, tank top and, and dirty jeans. As I well feel as like I should get a well, point. I gave that answer earlier. 
Dang it. <laughs> yeah, well, give it away a little bit. <laughs> it, it, and, and, and yeah, that is the Luke Harper look, but it, it, it stands to, to mention that that look was his look from the Indies as well when he was wrestling under Brody Lee for like Chikara and Ring of Honor and stuff like that. So, you know, really, that was a look that he kind of carried through the better part of his career. I, I thought that was great. And also John Silver's uh, replica of the exalted one um, ring gear is that was bought uh, for him by Brody Lee. Um, yeah. So, you know, like and that that whole match, by the way, that whole match with John Silver and where, you know, um, uh, Eric Redbeard came out at the end. I mean, that was that was, that was maybe the emotional peak of the entire night. Yes. Yeah, that was absolutely tremendous. And I was just reading today that apparently AEW has not signed uh, Eric Redbeard or, or formerly Rowan. And I don't, you know, I don't know that it's absolutely necessary, but it was absolutely necessary to see him on Wednesday night. That's for sure. Absolute class act of AEW to have uh, Eric Redbeard there. Uh, obviously, it was an integral part of uh, Brody Lee's career in the WWE. Um for any of the BTE marks out there, they open the show with the the paper throwing at the the, the yeah. show, but the the match, which uh, you know brought some much needed levity, you know, to a, a night that was just, I mean, it it was uplifting. It wasn't depressing, but I mean, I mean, there's it, it was, I mean, it, it was a very emotional show, and to have just a, a, a just a moment where everyone could have a laugh is, you know, I think very important for something like this. Just, uh, I mean, perfect. No notes. What, a, what, what a show. What a send off. And uh, yeah, that gear that uh, Brody Lee bought. I love the fact that he, he like, it, it was the gear and and the um, the coat. Like he, he dropped like a grand mm-hmm. on yeah. gear for John Silver that they were gonna do for a bit that they never even got to do. But the yeah. fact that he just like fuck it, I'll buy you ring gear. Like, th- what a guy. Like, yep. what, what a friggin' mensch of a man to just be like, no, nah, I'll buy your gear. It'll be fun. I was unaware of the BTE bit with the papers until last weekend when they, uh, the, the latest BTE, I think on Monday, was a whole bunch of, you know, best of stuff as, as far as the Dark Order was. And that is a hilarious, phenomenal gift. Also, I thought it was very classy that the WWE put together a, like, top 10 Luke Harper yeah. thing, which had, like, his NXT debut and a bunch of Wyatt family stuff. Every when he won the Intercontinental title, when he won the WrestleMania, the tag team titles, some good stuff. Yeah, and honestly, one match that has uh, that was brought up that I remember when it happened, saying, "Damn, that was good." Was I believe it was Harper and Dolph Ziggler at a TLC a few years ago yeah. in a ladder match that opened the show, and that was the match of the night. And it it right there is just a little example of why he deserved the push that he was getting in AEW to be instead of the background character supporting act in a group, the leader, the champion, who knows where he would have ended up in AEW. At least he got the opportunity to work towards the top of the card in AEW, which yeah. really showcased his ability very well. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's it's sad that we didn't get to see more of what was what his future held but at the same time it was uh excellent that we got to see him rise to where he did yeah in the last year in aew all right y'all ready to move forward with the uh, third and final question 
in the Wednesday Night Wars? Let's do Hit it. Me. All right. This one coming to us from NXT. This week's episode of NXT saw the announcement of the return of which popular tournament? And for a bonus question, what was the first uh, entrance to that tournament? Uh, is it the... Oh, God. I only watched half of NXT this week. Um, <laughs> Is it the... Uh, the Dusty Roads Cup. Yeah. The uh the the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic. Okay. Uh what team did they confirm is going to be the uh the first entrance to that? Um it was that oh fuck. Is it Adam Cole and uh Roddy Strong? That's right. Oh so, my yeah. god. I had I had to dig so deep for that. So deep. <laughs> I can feel you digging too. Although that wasn't the name, he didn't get the name right. Just throwing that out there. Shut up, Justin. <laughs> Happy New Year to you Shut too, up, mate. Justin. Happy New Year to you too, buddy. Just saying. Uh, 2021 starting <laughs> off with a bang. Yeah, the Dusty Rhodes uh, classic coming back to us over at NXT. They've done a great job with. Uh, I mean, they've done a great job with a bunch of stuff in NXT, but the Dusty Rhodes classic has been a uh, pretty fantastic year after year. Uh, is there a tag team in NXT besides obviously the undisputed era that you think maybe this is their year? Um, no, honestly. Uh, I mean, there, there, listen, there are good tag teams in NXT at the moment. I think last year was really sort of undercut by the fact that a thrown together tag team was the one that ended up winning it, right? Like they never really did anything with the broser weights. And, right. and and yes, you can blame COVID for that for a little of it, but I don't know that 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 was a missed opportunity to elevate one of your legit tag teams. And instead, they threw two guys together who were already pretty over. So I, I really question the booking decisions on last year's Dusty Rhodes uh, tag team classic. Who are the tag teams to look out for right now in? NXT, the fat young bucks. Nah, ever rise isn't going to be doing anything. <laughs> oh, the fat young ever rise, ever rise. They sense. are the fat young bucks. They are they. Oh they they're they're the young bucks at home. Like it's like <laughs> it's they're the Aldi brand young bucks. It's horrible. I really, uh, they they might be a good tag team. But they are so they look so much like the Young Bucks and they work so much like the Young Bucks. Pass. Who else you got going there? The grizzled young veterans? Pass. Maybe if they import Gallus from NXT, that might be interesting. But no, there is no promotion under WWE's umbrella that does tag teams well. So my expectations going into this are very, very, very low. Although Adam Cole and Roddy Strong, I am looking forward to. It's funny you say that because honestly, I want to. I want them to use this year's Dusty Rhodes Classic, not Cup, to move on from the Undisputed Era. Now, when I say that, obviously, I don't mean break them up, but like when they and I know the year-end awards are just whatever. But to me, the Undisputed Era won way too much in the year-end awards. They put too much shine on them still. When you have other superstars coming up in the title picture, in, in the in the main event picture, uh, that deserve it, and yet we're still just centering around. 
the undisputed era. So I'd rather someone come in. I, I I'm with you, Nate. Right now, I don't know who that could be, but I'd rather someone come in or something happen. They win the Dusty Rhodes Classic. They take out Cole and Strong, and they start to get that push. Because the Undisputed Era, they don't need that. They don't need titles right now. They don't need the shine, all the awards. They're like what the New Day was. The New Day was relevant whether they were champions or in the main event picture or not. That's where the Undisputed Era was. So stop forcing them up there. They don't need that force. Get someone else to push, and they can use this tournament to do just that. You got anything, Shawnee? Sure don't, Chuck. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) Well, uh, at the end of our first round, Nate, running the board. Uh, let me know if I'm incorrect on this one, but uh, if my math in my head serves me, he's sitting at about seven points. That is correct, sir. Hey, I can do math. He sure can. Not, but not very you, much. You don't know the name of the tournament in NXT, but you can do math. Nope. Nope. I have right. no idea. Fantastic. So let's move, <laughs> let's move forward with our uh, second round. Both Shawnee and Justin sitting with zero points, but Justin's giving me some lips. So Shawnee, I'll let you take the uh, second <laughs> round. We'll be. Do you want to talk about Raw and SmackDown, or do you want to get into the news and notes around the ring? Oh, uh, let's get into the news and notes around the ring. All right, let's start off with Impact Wrestling because you guys know I love Impact Wrestling. They've got uh, their next event, Hard to Kill, coming up in just about a week or two, and Deanna Perazzo, the women's champion will be facing whom at hard to kill i got nothing all right all right uh justin your opportunity to uh steal a point away here who's uh deanna prowse gonna face at hard to kill so being honest i know we talked about the whole kenny omega thing maybe you know making us watch impact i skip through impact until i see kenny omega and then i watch just being honest. So I'm going to throw a name that I was surprised to see is still wrestling. and did not know she was an impact jazz. Jazz is on the card, but not against Deanna oh. Perazzo. So, uh, <laughs> or Nate, here's your opportunity to continue to dominate this week's one fall show. Who's facing Deanna Perazzo at hard to kill January 16th. Is it Taya Valkyrie? That's correct. Boom. Taya Valkyrie. Taking on uh, Perazzo. I believe Rosemary fought her at the last Impact event. The card also uh, features an X Division Championship triple threat. Their Knockouts Tag Team Championship is coming back. That's where Jazz and Jordan Grace are going to fight uh, Tasha Steeles and Kara Hogan. And yeah, but, but, uh, but the King real the, and the Good Brothers. There we go. I was going to say you're 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 burying the real the real main event here. The only match yeah, I'm going to watch at that event. That was what we really want to talk about. I don't know. I'm interested. Like, I'll probably end up checking this out. I, but I don't, I can't see myself paying for an impact pay per view. So I may have to just catch the highlights on YouTube. But I don't know. I, I think Kenny Omega with the Good Brothers is interesting. Did they, it now? Uh, this is a question for Shawnee and Erica. Uh, being uh, the the New Japan experts, how much did Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers overlap in New Japan? You know, not much because at that time, Kenny Omega was a junior heavyweight. Um, he only kind of went up to heavyweight status once AJ Styles left. That, so, I yeah, mean, so that's what I thought. Yeah, so obviously there was, I mean, they were still in the same faction so like there was some shenanigans but like it wasn't 
on a regular basis. My understanding of the timeline of the Bullet Club was that it was, you know, Prince Devitt and the, you know, the the Good Brothers have some overlap there, but mostly with AJ Styles kind of accompanying him. And then that there was a, a tail end where Kenny Omega had started to, uh, you know, become a part of the faction. And then he became a centerpiece of the faction once AJ had left. And the Good Brothers left with AJ. Uh, that's my understanding. That sounds correct. All right. Well, let's continue with our news and notes around the ring. And let's talk about uh, the IWGP U.S. title contract briefcase. Juice Robinson was slated to face Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom, which is, uh, as Erica just informed me, just hours away as we record this. But uh, he was forced to withdraw due to a fractured orbital bone. Who's going to be taking Juice Robinson's place at Wrestle Kingdom this week? Uh, honestly, no clue. No. Okay. Well, then let's throw it back to uh, back to Shawnee. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 15 coming up. Uh, you you'd said earlier that you're going into it blind, but you might have the answer to this one. Who's uh, <laughs> taking Juice Robinson's place at Wrestle Kingdom? Well, uh, I'm guessing it's not going to be Dick Togo, Chuck. Uh, let's all have a moment of respect for fair. the fallen Dick Togo. Absolutely fair. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, Dick Togo is not what I have here. So, Justin, you've got an opportunity to steal two points. Well, I mean, in honor of my sunshine buddy, best friend, I'm going to say uh, Big Man Vader. No. <laughs> Big Man Vader also not going to be making an appearance. Nah. At, uh, it's going to be uh, Satoshi Kojima. Did I say that nope. correctly? Erica? That was my second guess. Who? I mean, I, I watch New Japan from time to time, but excuse me, who? Yeah, I don't know Kojima. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's he's one of the older guys. I feel like oh. this is this is a total bummer for starters because I one I love Juice Robinson. I think he's outstanding, and he's like I I've never seen a match where I'm like, oh god, Juice. Yeah. He's the guy, Jin. You you hope they always have because he he's just, he's just perfect. I love him, and the fact that he came down with the an injury like this is such a bummer. How did it happen? Did he break his orbital bone celebrating the announcement of the match? It seemed like it was within <laughs> like a half hour. <laughs> Honestly, th- I wouldn't be shocked because you're right. Like they announced that he was going to face Kenta. And then like the next day they're like, oh, fuck, he's not going to. I'm like, what? I was excited for Juice and Kenta because that was going to be sweet. Um, I I don't know off the top of my head how the injury took place, um, but I'm just bummed. Because I love juice. Juice is cool. Uh, that is just yeah, that's such a bummer. I'm going to uh, I'm going to guess that he fractured his orbital bone because he wanted to wear a cool mask like Big Van Vader. I should get a point that's for that. A, yeah. Or the Undertaker. Or the Undertaker, exactly. He saw the he saw the booking and his eye popped out of his head. Sweet. Now I get a cool mask. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll absolutely be discussing uh, Wrestle Kingdom next week's uh, One Fall Show once we've got. I some will. I will study, Eric. I promise. You better. I will. Because there are going to be a bunch of Wrestle Kingdoms. You can probably uh-huh. drop your Impact Wrestling uh, watching this week just to make sure you get the results. If you want to swing by at uh, the Champions Club at two a.m., I will be watching. You'll have to wear a mask though. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll consider that. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, our final question in the uh, news and notes around the ring here. Um, who got that one right? Nobody got that one right. So, uh, Nate, you've got an opportunity on this one. So, the former Darren Young of the WWE, now going under Fred Rosser, was speaking with uh, Wrestle Inc. about a whole bunch of topics and uh, said that when he came out publicly to the world as openly gay in 2013, there were two guys in the locker room in WWE that told him specifically, hey, if anyone gives you any issues, let me know and I'll take care of anyone that uh, has anything to say about you being openly gay. Uh, give me either of those names for three points. Oh, I know one of them was Randy Orton. Yes. Shout Absolutely. Out Orton, really? Fuck Shout yeah. out to Randy Orton. Yeah, like yeah. that actually, it actually like really kind of swayed my opinion of Randy Orton quite a 100%. bit. 100%. Oh, yeah. That's all, especially the like to play such a character on TV. Yeah. And then to have the reputation in real life that he had when he first came up and evolution and the issues he had and so on and so forth that, you know, it's surprising that he's been in WWE as long as he had so consistently when he had that many issues outside the ring, but no, that's awesome. I love that. I love hearing that. Yeah, that's cool. I have not been a fan of Randy Orton as a person until probably about this year. And there's been a couple of different news stories where I'm like, wait, how can I can't, in my head put together that the person that I thought I knew right. also did this good thing. Uh, and this is just another one of those stories. It's like Randy's turned into a real dad now. Yeah. <laughs> Make it some, but the best kind of dad, because there's a lot of dads out there that'll still have their opinions that they need to go somewhere else. And right. Randy Orton comes off as somebody that could be that person, but he's not, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder how much of it is just hating him because he burned down Bray Wyatt's house. Nah, and then Bray Wyatt. And, and then, then Bray, Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. For God's sake. Merry Christmas. It was Christmas um, and he did that. <laughs> who? Uh, question. Who is the other name? Uh, CM Punk. Oh, yeah. that makes total fucking sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Punk would be there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Punk would offer it. to do it. And then once the fight actually started, just <laughs> slip away and uh, not take any hits. Hey, AJ needs me at home, man. I got, hey, go talk to Randy, though. He's got you. Okay. Yeah. Sneaks yeah, exactly. away into the crowd. <laughs> All right, Erica, give us a point total at the end of this round. I believe Nate is still just pounding everybody. Phrasing. I was just going to say, I'm like, whoa. Uh, yeah, Nate continues to pound with 11 points. <laughs> can we can we make that uh, the next the next T-shirt slash sticker in the Shawnee oh, Constant Sticker Club? It's just the, oh, the old man. APA always pound an ass T-shirt. Just, like, <laughs> over it. It's now the, the NPA, Nate pound an ass. There you go. I like it. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Well, it's fitting that we got the smack draw category coming up after that conversation. Yeah, more pounding to be had. All right, Justin, yes. here's your time. Here's your time to shine as we go into the smack draw category. Uh, you also are at zero points along with Shawnee, and Shawnee had the opportunity to uh, get some points last round. Let's talk about smack draw. Let's talk about Ron SmackDown, and let you uh, start off. This year, we're leading into the Royal Rumble. We're about uh, three weeks out, and which two women? this week declared themselves as the first two competitors for this year's Royal Rumble. That'll be uh, Nia Jax and Shanna Baszler. Yes, it is. 
they're each worth half a point. So you get one point for that question. Congratulations. That's two answers. That should be two points, man. Nope. Nope. It's worth half a point. It's the one point question. I agree, Chuck. I don't know what <laughs> happened to you in the new year, Chuck. <laughs> I don't know oh, what happened man. to you in the new year. You're just bitching up a storm, kid. <laughs> oh, just, there's been a couple times that I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, Chuck had too much eggnog at the holidays or something. I don't know. I'm telling you, all this complaining about the rules, Justin's the real heel here. It's yeah. not. That's not the way it's happening. I'm just <laughs> stating facts. That's all. So we've got uh, Nia Jax. So that's what a heel would say. For the for the Women's Royal Rumble. And then we've got Bobby Lashley and Daniel Bryan, only uh, the only men confirmed for the Men's Royal Rumble this year. So we're still in the early uh, early outings until January 31st. Right now, today, who do you see winning both the Royal Rumbles? We'll start with you, Justin. I don't, I, I'm up in the air on the men's side of things right now just because I don't know who's going to be involved. The women's side, actually, it came – and it might this might be a, a question, so I'm sorry if I'm giving away an answer, but when Sonia Deville showed up on SmackDown, the first thing I said, and she didn't do anything, but she's winning the Royal Rumble. She I, I had Alexa Bliss in my head, but listen, okay. Sonia Sonia Deville was on fire before she took her hiatus. And now that she's back, she looks like the badass. They might the only thing that might screw me out of this is if they throw her right in with Sasha Banks at the Royal Rumble. If that doesn't happen, she's winning in my mind. The men's side of things, I don't know. The only thing I can come up with is Seth Rollins because he's was supposed to come back last week. I think whenever he does come back, it's going to lead to a push. Um, I know there's rumors of Roman and The Rock at WrestleMania, but maybe they would want Roman and Seth Rollins. That's an early pick from me, but I uh, reserve my right to change that as things start to shake up. I think that's an interesting theory. But if Sonya Deville was going to make a return, and especially this close to Rumble, why not save it for the actual fucking Rumble? Why just show her walking backstage and doing absolutely nothing? Like, Edge had a huge return last year. Fucking the biggest pops come from people who we haven't seen for a while. Why would you waste Sonya Deville... And you're absolutely right. Her and Mandy were were pretty much red hot when she had to step away. So why would you waste a return like this of all things? Uh, and I didn't expect her back this quick either. I didn't either. Which would have right. added to the shock. Yes. It would have added to the shock at the Royal Rumble. It would have been a huge pop for sure. Like even if we're all having to sit at home to watch the Royal Rumble, that would have been a memorable fucking moment. Men's side, I, the uh, the only answer is the only person I'd like to see win the Royal Rumble because they actually set up for it last year, and that's Keith Lee. They they set up Keith Lee to be a fucking powerhouse monster at the Royal Rumble because he he took he took on Brock. Remember, okay, big boy. Yeah, that that to me was maybe one outside of Edge the most impactful moment of last year's Royal Rumble. Yeah. I think that they would be missing a huge opportunity not to put Keith Lee over in that in that fashion. Although you do have Big E in there as well, I think that's a mighty mighty good name to throw in for a Royal Rumble winner. 
They just gave him the IC title. I think he carries that into WrestleMania. I think having him win the IC title and then the Royal Rumble, the main event WrestleMania, I think that's a little bit too much too soon. Yeah, that's it's a little close to hot shotting. That's uh, definitely. I just I think that's a good name. You know, like he he would be right for for the spot. But you might be right. I think maybe actually having him hold on to the IC title into Mania keeps him stronger. What are you thinking, Shawnee? Um, I'm hoping that they use it to reinvigorate Kevin Owens' push. Um, mm. I, I do like Seth Rollins. I think that's an excellent uh, suggestion. And, uh, and though on the women's side, I, I, I'm going to say, while she'll, she would probably be in a tag team match for Mania, I'm going to pick Charlotte Flair because if there's uh, an accolade to be won in the women's division, it seems that they just pile them all on Charlotte Flair. Sure. Uh, Erica, do you have any uh, any guesses? Didn't she Mr. win the Rumble last year, though? Yeah, but yeah. they would do that. No, you're right. They totally would. They would give it back to back to her. It's just that would be so lazy. That's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, Shawnee kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if Charlotte won again. However, gosh, well, no, Becky Lynch still needs time to recover from having that baby. You can't come sure. like you can't come back two months after giving birth, your body's just wrecked. Um, but I think KO would be a great uh, choice to win the rumble because I mean, he's just, he's constantly just getting knocked down by Roman and everything. And and then obviously if you win the rumble, you get to choose which title. So he would go after, you know, it, it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. It'd be cool to see Kevin Owens uh, pull a kind of a, a Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, and go after the NXT title with a Royal yeah. Rumble victory against Finn. Uh, Balor. It, would, it would depend on who the champion is. I don't know if I want. I don't know if I care about KO and Finn Balor that much. If like Adam Cole yeah. is still champion, I would be into that more. I'm going to keep my votes with Jinder Mahal and Mae Young. So we'll see how the Royal Rumble <laughs> shakes out. All right, Justin, you got that one correct. Let's keep talking about Raw and SmackDown. So uh, this week, Big E had his first match since winning the Intercontinental Championship against King Corbin, but it soon evolved into a tag match. Who were the other two competitors in that tag match? Oh, Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn? Yes. Absolutely, for two points. Sami Zayn and Apollo Crews. And congratulations to Big E. I don't know if you guys saw on YouTube, but he's gone into the construction business on Sami Zayn's behind. And uh, looking forward to seeing how much it is for one of them condos. That is amazing. Yeah, you know what? Big E as a superstar and as a person deserves this push. I feel like it was too soon, though. I was ha- I was still happy for him when he won the title. But I-, I just feel like they could have held this until the Royal Rumble and kind of build it. Just because it was kind of an awkward. When they announced he was a singles competitor, it was awkward because he was some weeks not even involved, some weeks just casually backstage. He was the sixth man in a six-man tag team match, and then he's winning the title. Um, I, I wish it was more of a gradual build, a feud with Sami Zayn into the Royal Rumble where he had his moment. That would have made more sense for me. Um, but I'm still happy for him. The guy deserves it. And I think I would have picked him to win the Royal Rumble if he didn't win the IC title. I completely agree with you on deserving it absolutely the build was definitely a little weird and the direction that they're kind of taking with it with as soon as they were like oh yeah it's king corbin i was like oh god here we go (laughs) i think that that biggie has the talent to move past king corbin but man i was really hoping for a bit 
a bit of a better feud for Biggie's first championship feud. Touching back on what Justin said about Biggie having a bigger moment, I think we can just kiss moments goodbye at this point until we can actually get crowds again, um, which is unfortunate, especially since we're heading to the Royal Rumble, which is nothing but moments, especially with, uh, you know, return, surprise entrance, you know, shocking eliminations and everything. Um, anytime they want to put a belt on Biggie, I'm going to be all for it. So I'm like, like, yeah. And also I would like to know the pricing on condos, uh, because you know, I, I as much as I like my apartment, I, I I'm, I'm, you know, you look around, you want to shop around, see what's out there. On Sammy Zane's behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. El Generico. That's a totally different story though. <laughs> live on his behind all right well let's move on to our third and final question <laughs> justin for three points smackdown uh once again main evented by kevin owens and roman reigns uh jay Uso and roman reigns uh at the end of the night tossed kevin owens through a table from about 10 feet in the air as of this weekend what did the wwe.com say is uh is the injuries that may keep kevin oh, owens shit. out for a while I did not know this was a thing, to be honest with you, and this kind of makes me think that the KO Royal Rumble winners actually uh, could be a, a thing if they keep them out until the Royal Rumble. I don't know. He went through a table, so I'm going to say busted ribs. Uh, busted ribs is not the answer. Johnny, you've got an opportunity for three points. What did WWE.com say are the injuries KO is currently down with? Uh, you know, I honestly have no idea. I saw the headline and did not click on it because I was just not interested in seeing anything WWE.com had to say. Nice. That's fair. Nate, you've got an opportunity to steal three points for this one. What uh, What's Kevin Owens down with right now? Um, I think it's a spinal contusion and bruised kidneys. That's what the headline said. Wow. Um, obviously, it's a WWE.com thing, so you know you don't know how much kayfabe it is to it. But oh, I really neither of those things are true. Come on now, <laughs> not even a thing. That was a that was definitely a smaller bump than the one that he took off the WrestleMania sign for sure. That's true. And he, oh yeah, he legit screwed up his ankle taking that bump. Yes, I and I believe that. I I think uh, you know, and it looked safe. The bump looked very safe. Probably got some soreness. I don't know about bruised kidneys. That seems a little bit specific. Yeah. I love KO, but I think they should have let this Roman KO thing rest after that cage match. It was okay to have it for the Christmas Day episode of SmackDown, but let's move on. I love KO, though, and if he does win the Rumble, I really hope he switches over to Raw or goes the NXT route. I don't want to see KO and Roman again. I just don't. Drew KO would be pretty good. Although I have to say, I really like what they're doing with Drew and Sheamus right now. Like this is the most I've liked. Yeah, she- I've, I've I've enjoyed watching Sheamus in any capacity in, in like like five to to uh, ten years. Well, I think part of that is because we don't have Sheamus and Randy Orton every week. <laughs> because boy, was that a thing! All right, well let's get uh, let's get to our final fall, Erica. What do the points sit at before we uh, we talk about the final fall this week? We got Nate in the lead with 14 points, Justin with three. Shawnee, yet to get on the board, but that can all change with this final fall question. Yes, it can, because our final fall is another one of those three strikes rules final falls where we wow. I have a list in front of me. 
of 25 names, the Pro Wrestling Tees 25 Best Sellers of 2020. And we're going to go uh, around the table here as you guys spit out names. Each name is worth two points each. And you get three strikes as far as hitting somebody that's not on the list. So we're going to start with Shawnee here. Are y'all ready? I, was that raising your hand or raising the roof, Erica? I believe that was the roof. Oh, oh I, it was the roof. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will start with uh, CM Punk. CM Punk is number 21 on this list, so that will score you two points. Nice job. Uh, we'll go to Justin, who is the next uh, lowest in points. Name me one. I'm of sorry. The- what was the list? Yeah. What is it? What is this list again? Pro Wrestling Tees released their bestsellers of 2020 via their social media channels. So this is like the t-shirts? top 25 uh, bestsellers over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh my gosh. Um, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Negative. Pretty sure most of his stuff is probably WWE bound, so I do not see him on here. So that's one against you, Justin. Uh, Nate, go ahead and give me a name here that's on this list. Let me see Orange Cassidy. Number two on the Pro Wrestling Tees wow. bestsellers of 2020. Two points yeah. for you. Back to you, Shawnee. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and risk a strike early. Uh, based on my bank account, uh, Dan Housen. Number 24. Yes! Wow! Wow! 25. Wow! He does have a fantastic new uh, take on the CM Punk shirt, too. Yes, I've ordered it. It was a limited edition. Honestly, that's a big reason why I picked this question is because Dan Hasen (laughs) was one of of the uh, top 25, and I knew Shawnee. And Shawnee came through with the guess. (laughs) There you go. All right, Justin, you've got one strike against you. Give me a name that was in that uh, the top 25. I don't know. Pro Wrestling Tees, bestsellers. Struggling with this one. Uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, number four. So that's two points for you. Back to you, Nate. Show me Brody Lee. The top seller of 2020 at number one. Well-deserved, too. Absolutely. Uh, back to you, Shawnee. Okay, I'm going to say, uh, would the Young Bucks count as one pick? They do, at number eight. Oh, my gosh. So that's two more points for you. Uh, back to you, Justin. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I don't know the good brothers. I don't know if they would count as one either. Gallows and Anderson. Give me a second here. Hmm. Eric, I'm going to defer to you on this one. Cause there's something on the list that could count as the good brothers, the good brothers, not officially on this list, but kind of, I think the, the crap I've been through in this episode, I think I deserve it. This is um, great. And I, and I swear I'm not saying this because of your your snooty remark, Justin, but <laughs> I um I would not count that one as potentially them. Not anymore. Oh, uh, then I, I mean, can but, I say what it is then? Justin? No. Yes. <laughs> uh back to you, Nate. Give wow. me your name on this uh list. We've got about 23 of them left. I think that's a dead giveaway for what is actually on that list, which is the Bullet Club. That is super heel of you to steal the Bullet Club out from under Justin after that. uh... That's very Bullet Club of you, actually. Yeah, Bullet Club at number 13. I'm doing the the finger guns over here. Nice. Nice. Uh, Shawnee, back to you. Two points. Who else is on this list? John Moxley. John Moxley coming in at number seven. 
Uh, Justin, all right, uh, you've got you've got one strike left. I'm sure whatever I say is going to be no, even if it's on the list. Uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, number five. There you go. There's some points for you. Back to you, Nate. Uh, I recall this uh, making a a quite a big impact uh, on pro wrestling tees when he came back, but it's sting. I I hope that people listening to the One Fall Show know how much you look like Tony Schiavone. (laughs) Having you do that, and And I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I look like Tony Schiavone anymore with my my long ass hair, my COVID hair. But yeah. at one point, yeah, that's that's not unfair. Watching I you think on Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream, I swear you you got the same face, the same beard. I, we need to do a video of you doing it. Sting, please. <laughs> sure, I'll do it. Yeah, Considering I just did it better than Tony Schiavone did on Dynamite, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, think coming in at number eleven. On the pro wrestling tees bestsellers of 2020, Shawnee, Chris Jericho, number three. So we've so got the top five all rounded out at Cody, wow. Kenny, Jericho, Cassidy, and Brody Lee. Uh, back to you, Justin. I was gonna say Jericho next. Um, you said Sting, so I want to say Darby Allen. Darby Allen at number twelve. That'll score you some points. Uh, back to you, Nate. Let's keep it heel, MJF. MJF at number twenty. Yeah, He's pretty, uh, pretty impressive considering he is heel as fuck. Uh, Shawnee. Who? Uh, I'm just gonna guess the inner circle. Uh, that's a great guess because it is number six. So we've got the top eight already taken up. I think we've got about ten of these names left. Going to Justin. Um. I don't know why and no names are coming to me. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, not on the list of the top 25. Surprisingly, MJF in the top 25, but Eddie Kingston is not. All right, Justin, that's your third strike. So uh, you're out on this one. Erica, how many points is Justin sitting at at the end of this week's show? Uh, our baby boy, Justin, is at nine points. Uh, Shani right. has 12 right now. Nate has 24. We have 10 names left. Neither of them have strikes, so it it can happen. Yep. All right. Let's see what's going on. Uh, we'll go back to uh, Nate. Oh, man, I'm slowing down. Um, Hangman now, Adam Page. A lot of the big names are taken, but that one was not at number nine. Hangman Adam Page is correct. Uh, Shawnee? FTR? FTR, FTR. Oh, I'm going to say no. FTR is not here. Also kind of surprising that they would not be in the top 25. Uh, Nate? (sighs) The natural Dustin Rhodes. No, hmm. no, Old no, guess. Dustin Rhodes on here. So I believe each of you are sitting at uh, one strike here. Back to you, Shawnee. Um, man, this is tough. This is tough. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and like even even in these last ones, I mean, you do have quite a few AEW stars, but there's there's about four names here that uh, are shocking to me. And it, admittedly, there is one that nobody will get. It, and I was shocked that it was on the top 25. 
Yeah, yeah. If anybody says the name that I think you're thinking of, then I'm just giving them the game. I, honestly, yeah. All right. You rule. Uh, I, I don't even know if he's released a shirt, but I'm going to say Miro. Uh, no, unfortunately, no Miro on here. Uh, back to you, Nate. Uh, uh, You'll rule the day. Be superstars off out of here. How difficult it becomes to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to you, Shawnee. You've got one strike left. Um, do the kids love Jurassic Express? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the kids do not love Jurassic. The Express. shakiness in your voice on that. <laughs> uh, I believe that cements Nate's victory here. It sure does. Uh, Nate ended up with twenty-eight points. Shawnee with twelve. Justin with nine. Let me give you guys the rest of the names in this top 20. Uh, the next one down was number 15, uh, or I'm sorry, number 10, Owen Hart. Oh, number- fuck. Yeah, that wow. does make sense. Yeah. Especially, especially because I don't think his estate would want WWE running T-shirts for him. Right. Uh, number 15 was Matt Hardy. Number 16, Randy Savage. Wow. Okay. 17 was SoCal Uncensored. Uh, really they had that great covid shirt that uh because the, they had that best town gimmick yeah yep. i never i never uh, saw eight, the covid shirt so okay 18 was the lucha bros ah fuck yeah yeah that makes sense Nin- 19 was steve austin wait why uh, wait minute, wouldn't he have a t at wwe like that's weird he does. Yeah, apparently, I, he can just go wherever he wants with his merch. Apparently, wow! I, know, I was okay. just as surprised as you. That's impressive. I, like I'm, I'm shocked actually. Uh, number twenty-two was the ringer. That if any of you have gotten, you'd have won the whole game, and that is the major wrestling figure podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here! You'll rule the day. the catharsis of uh dynamite this this past wednesday that you know talking about it would have been uh would have been this easy um you know i i think he was a a really good guy uh that i was really excited to see inside of aew that you know initially came in i questioned the way that he was being used but he rose above it and proved that he deserved to be working at the top of the card he will be missed. His talent will be missed. And it, it, uh, it really is uh, quite a blow for the uh, entire wrestling community. Shawnee, you were the next closest as far as point goes. So I'll give you the next 60 seconds on the clock to let us know if there's anything we missed this week you wanted to discuss. What a great job Tony Khan did of navigating this year, you know, running a number two wrestling company against a juggernaut that's willing to, uh, lie, cheat, and steal to stomp out the competition and uh, put on an incredible year of wrestling shows. Um, again, I thought that Winter is Coming was an, an amazing high point of the year, one that I didn't think could be topped. And under the worst of circumstances, he had to put together something that was going to 
that was going to really put a stamp on on the life of a man who was universally adored. And and I don't even know that wrestling fans knew how much we loved Brody Lee, right? I, I think that it was it was a really powerful moment. And as Nate said, it, it set the tone for all of us to to reflect on things. And I think he did it in a in a positive and uplifting and beautiful, beautiful way without being syrupy without being saccharine without feeling like he was putting on a show it felt like a natural extension of what they do and it was absolutely beautiful and and i don't know that we'll see anything like it ever again so so thank you tony khan for the part that you had in getting me and and wrestling fans uh aw fans through uh the awful year that was 2020 all right uh justin you suck this week. There's no other way to say it. You got 60 seconds on the clock. Go ahead. Wow. Is that what I get for the comments? Um, first of all, I could not agree anymore uh, with what both Nate and Shawnee just said. I will talk about WWE, though, because with it being a new year, with it being the Royal Rumble WrestleMania season, they need, and we've been saying this for a while, but now I mean this more than we've ever meant it before. They need to have a swerve of a pay-per-view at Royal Rumble. The right names need to win this, and it cannot be the same names we've seen in the past. We need new headliners. We need some good returns, some good moments, something. Because if we have another year like 2020 was for WWE, they will be in serious trouble if AEW continues to do what they're doing. If this thing with whatever they got with Impact and if New Japan comes in and that becomes bigger, they need – to have a good year and it needs to start with the Royal rumble and WrestleMania. I don't care if crowds are there or not. It doesn't matter at this point. You got your people back. There is no excuse to have a boring or same old, same old Royal rumble and WrestleMania season. The pressure is on them this year and they need to respond to it. And the biggest response is don't let Vince McMahon choose who wins the rumble period. All right. Uh, before we leave, Erica, uh, was there anything you wanted to mention that we may not have discussed this week? Uh, for starters, the, the whole idea of Vince McMahon having no say in who wins the Rumble is charming at best. <laughs> uh, we all know he's going to be at the wheel and will die there. Uh, but uh, going to Wrestle Kingdom, since we are hours away, um, I am holding my breath and crossing my fingers and toes and hopefully we'll see and at the end of this the whole thing on night two kota abushi winning the whole damn thing uh he deserves it uh he's amazing it's long overdue and i think it, it's it's kind of been by design because this is what japan does you know they, they see somebody they make them just work until they get the title, and I feel like this this is this is it. And I'm I, I just I just hope to see that that beautiful boy hold those titles, and it'll just be perfect. All right. Well, uh, if you want to find me online, of course you can find me Chuck Bean as the host of uh, the Nerd Radio podcast WRIF.com. You can find me Monday through Fridays uh, from seven to midnight on one hundred one WRIF in Detroit, and you can find me on Twitch Twitch.tv backslash Chizuk playing a whole bunch of video games. Erica, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. Justin? All over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk and JVSportsTalk.com. 
Shawnee, where can people find you online? Find me on Twitter at Shawnee Constant and at One Fall Show and on Instagram at Shawnee.constant. Also find me on the Talk Horror to Me podcast. And don't forget to uh, continue to make Shawnee the $20 man over on his Patreon. Uh, Nate, where can people find you online? You can find me at Nate Benderama on Twitter, also streaming over at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Now in HD and with uh, some updated graphics, so make sure you check it out. And make sure you join us Saturdays at 4 p.m. for the One Fall Show Super Universe Mode. Uh, This last week was an exciting week with a uh, tables match like you have never seen before. I promise you that. And check it out over at our YouTube channel, The One Fall Show on YouTube. All right, fellas and lady, it's been fantastic talking about the week in wrestling. I hope you all enjoy Wrestle Kingdom, and I look forward to talking about it on next week's One Fall Show. My name's Chuck Bean for the One Fall Show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week when we see if uh, Randy Orton actually sets Alexa Bliss on fire. I wanted to work that in somewhere because I was so pissed. Yeah, it was it was a moment. Yeah, that that whole thing, that whole storyline has jumped so far off the rails so quickly that it that it has become my like one of the things I was most interested in to one of the things that I'm now least interested in. Yeah, no, I'm still invested. I was just like, you once again, like setting the fiend on fire. Like you could have, if you're going to center on Randy with the match, you could have had him drop the match and had the light from a fire and just had Alexa scream in the background and made me believe it had happened, even though I know there's no way in hell it's going to happen. I don't know. I think uh, it's going to lead to, because the lights went out and then the match was lit, it's going to lead to somehow the fiend showed up in some way or something, I don't know, and stopped it from happening. Yeah, maybe. That's what I think it's leading to. Somebody told me a week or, or maybe it was last night. I was talking to somebody and they said they, they're pretty sure that uh, Randy's going to end up wearing the fiend mask. And I'm like, well, that would be a turn. I wouldn't see that coming. Maybe bring out an 80 year old Robert England. Freddy <laughs> Krueger. <laughs> Uh, big thanks to all the people that have stuck with us through this year. Um, we don't really necessarily know who those people are, but we're they're there. I follow the numbers every week, and I know we've got you know some people that are listening every week. And so, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate y'all. Yeah, it's been a uh, an absolutely insane year as far as professional wrestling as an entertainment medium is concerned. And I know that when we sat down to do this, I think it was pre-COVID. And this wasn't the way we expected it to work out, but uh, we, we've made the best of it. And it's cool that people download the episodes every week and want to hear what we've got to say. I'll throw out thank you to you guys for reaching out to me and, you know, offering to be on here with you guys because it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm hopeful, hoping that we can continue to be successful and get things going with this. And even with COVID, we had to do it a different different way and jump on Discord and deal with Wi-Fi issues and camera issues and mic issues and blah, 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 blah. Yet we're still here every Sunday, you know, kicking ass. So I love it. Have you got some uh, any title names for us, Erica? You know, there a few jumped out at me. And I, I feel like whatever title, it, it's, it's going to be Brody Lee 
centric. You're a creative guy. I trust you to come up with something uh, poignant and thoughtful. If the first one that jumped out at me was just shut up, Justin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the first one I wrote down. I'm like, oh, that's one possibly. And then, Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> well, then there was just like, just join the dark order. You know, once again, I feel like some sort of nod to Brody Lee will be the title. Um, however, I did like toward the end, do the kids like Jurassic Express? <laughs> when you said that, that I'm like, good. oh, <laughs> it's not appropriate to use that one, but I really like that one. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, that was that was kind of it. I fell ass backwards into being mean to Justin, but I think I'm going to run with it. <laughs> it worked. Good gimmick. It's a good switcheroo. Yeah, no, why not? <laughs>